0: episode 54 of the worldwide Chelsea pod um back again have been on off for a little bit of time but we're back weekly pods as we've been doing over the last few weeks uh just got the one guest today uh i'm joined by marv how you doing i'm doing fantastic brother how's life yeah i mean life's getting slightly better now i think just had a bit of a negative couple of months but finally you can just see summer's come in hopefully lockdown's over fingers crossed not trusting the government or anything but (laughs) yeah i just i'm just happy that summer's come in university's gonna be over and i'll just be happy and free of just the shackles i'm in at the moment how are you doing
1: Fantastic, the same uh, thankfully there's no any down, not any lockdown stuff over here in Mexico, so I'm living it well, but the same I cannot wait for university to be over, get that thesis out there in the world and get on with content creation.
0: Yeah, I mean the only the only negative thing is Chelsea's not playing at the moment. Oof, that that is going so freaking slow. Yeah, I mean I was I watched the second half of the England game and I just I looked at it and was like I'm I I was I was actually happy to see that we were playing four at the back for once but apart from that it was just same old same old shit and just can't wait for Chelsea to be back um so just quickly before we go into some transfer news uh we'll speak about obviously Chelsea so far we seem to have had a bit of a positive international break we should say I mean apart from the Kante injury which what's new in that respect we it's always never in doubt that Kante's going to get an injury on international break with France yeah. but we've actually in terms of just single players I saw a tweet today it said in terms of each breaking down each player, Rudiger's had a clean sheet, Christensen's had a clean sheet, Emerson's had a clean sheet Zuma's had a clean sheet Chilwell's had the clean sheet and an assist, James has had an assist and a clean sheet, Pulisic's had a goal, Mount's had a goal and an assist, and Havertz had a goal and an assist. So, what do you think of Chelsea players on international break at the moment?
1: As always, they've uh, provided uh, proof that when you go to Chelsea, you develop. I nearly posted something uh, about that the other day, but I didn't, because I knew it would take quite a lot of thought process, but it's um, people always saying about certain Chelsea players flopping, and uh, I I feel like that's actually quite a minority if you really go through this list. And, and for me, you know, a Chelsea, a player joins Chelsea all of a sudden then magically into the international team. And this seemed to happen with everyone. Even, do you remember even Kep have become the first choice uh, in, in his first season, didn't he? He got the position over De Gea. And, you know, you see Pulisic going there, scoring, to see Mason, Mason Mount, you know, scoring always seeming to deliver something. Um, you've got Havertz now. Uh, didn't he, he barely even played for the German team, did he, before? From what I remember, I played only a handful of games. I think he um, got You know, everyone seems to develop here, and I think that whole flop thing is a big lie. I think players come here and they they either develop incredibly well and become very good players, or they're just not good enough. I know I went off of topic a bit there, but yeah, always seem to be the Chelsea players doing well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of Havertz, I think he was starting to like Vernon, was starting to come into the team, but not fully in. I think you had a lot of. Other players, the senior players that were still on their way out and they were on their way in. But yeah, I mean, Ke...
1: that, that's Ke... a good point. Sorry to interrupt you there. That's a really good point on Werner because he struggled internationally um, in the tournaments and stuff. But I bet now, now that he's a Chelsea player, we'll start seeing him score more goals and probably even lead the line for German.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. And there's even Kepa. Kepa's only recently been taken out of the Spanish squad. He's been all over it compared to De Gea for a long while actually it's uh, quite exciting to see um, that every Chelsea player is getting into this international team which it's positive in a way because they're in the level but unfortunately like we've seen with Kante they always get injured on international duty and what do you think of Kante's injury are you worried about it Actually, no,
1: because um, they they didn't mention anything bad about it. And I think that if he doesn't play, you know, what's the worst that happened? There could be a couple of weeks out. You know, there's always going to be something. I mean, he's been playing fantastically. I mean, in that, what game was it? It Was it Atletico game? It was absolutely monstrous. And um, as long as he's back for the important games, you know, he can miss West Brom. We've got, you know, Jorginho and Cover have been playing quite well lately. So, you know, as long as he's back for the next couple of games, if anything, this is a rest, an opportunity for rest so he doesn't have to play these pointless internationals. Um, I'm not sure it's going to be a serious one. it will be straight back in, kicking ass again, hopefully. I mean, we remember he played Europa League final with an injury and is absolutely world-class there as well. So uh, I think, you know, still a lot to give. I wouldn't worry too much about that at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm on the same kind of wave length for you. I think, if anything, I'd probably just give him the West Brom games a rest and then bring him in straight for, like, Porto, Palace, Brighton, and then leading up to Man City. I think we've got... And um, when we are
1: lucky... Huh? Sorry, Sorry I'm just saying we are lucky uh, with who we have here. I mean, those games, I mean, yeah, we need the players. But, you know, if the time came to have a quick minor injury
0: and rest, this is it. Yeah, definitely. I think we've been very lucky with certain draws and a little bit unlucky with some. But, I mean, the way we're playing at the moment, I think I struggle to see anyone but City... Beating us and beating us convincingly, I think we can take we can take anyone on at the moment. At least give them a good game, personally. What do yeah,
1: you think? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I mean, now I mean, we keep saying it all the time. This will be a test for the team. This will be a test for the team. But we've beaten them all. Um, you know, or beaten or draw. We've not ever looked like losing. So you know, I, ho- I mean, I'd love to believe that will continue. You know, I mean, this City game is the ultimate test, essentially, isn't it? It's the ultimate test. And if we win this. You know, we win this. The cup is almost ours. So you know, get, and this is my, in my opinion, our best chance of a successful season. It would be truly terrible if we fail the season now by, you know, two semi-final exits and coming fourth. After all of the positive turnaround that we've made, we have to win something. We've got to throw everything at this, and I think the players are good enough.
0: Yeah, I think um, the the games against Pep Guardiola are going to be. It's going to be a nice test to see how Tuchel fares with it. Um, I think we probably will lose one of the two, either the semi-final or the league game. Personally, I'd rather throw the league game because I think we've got other league games that we can win. Um, But I think it's still the semi-final. The FA Cup is still the one we are most likely to win, despite me thinking that we actually can go all the way in the Champions League. I think if we get to the final... Which I think, with the draw we've got, is plausible by quite a long way. Uh, I think on our day in a final, it's anyone's game. So that I, I it's 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 surprising to say that. I mean, I I did say on a pod jokingly back in October that we'd get to the semi final of the Champions League. A lot of people were like, "Oh, Matt, you're never you're never going to do that." But here we are. We've got <laughs> Porto who. We could be. I think I'm not scared of either Liverpool or Real Madrid at all. And I'm hoping we get Real Madrid because I've got some, a few Vendettas. I just want to get back on a few certain players. Um, Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've got Courtois, you've got Benzema, I mean, Hazard to a point, just show him that he made the wrong decision. But, yeah, I think Real Madrid's a team that I'd like to beat. We haven't played them in a long time, so I think it'd be nice to play them while they're on the way down.
1: Yeah, I mean, I tell you, I'd love to stick it to Courtois. My (laughs) God. It's one player I do not like. I mean, he did good things for us, but, you know, I don't want to see any more Belgians in the team, and that that might sound a little bit bad. But I don't don't like that they talk too much shit. We don't need that. You know, we've got nice harmony. We've got a good club right now. We've got good players we just need that world, you know, we'll come to that anyway. But yeah, that's. I mean, I agree with you on the points you were making.
0: Yeah, so I just hope we can get a trophy before the end of the season. Be happy and roll on to next season where hopefully we can try and challenge for a title, depending on the signings that we obviously make in the summer, which I think will be very important.
1: They are, because it decides whether or not we want to be an elite club or we want to being Arsenal, you know, giving charity. Minutes. Yeah, exactly. Giving charity minutes. I used to make fun of Arsenal when 9, and continuously, um, because they did that. And, and Mourinho used to make fun all the time. Do you want to be a world class team, or do you want to develop youth players? And it's uh, I do believe you can have both. But I think some fans are kind of going too far on this. I mean, we've already got four or five. We've lost Aschietti to come back, who is another good player. We've got, like, we've actually done incredibly well with uh, integrating youths over the last couple of years, but that hasn't translated into trophies, has it? So, you know, we're an elite, wanting to be an elite team. Now, these players, great. We've got players that have made it at the moment. We've got Reese, we've got Mount, we've got potentially Loftus-Cheek, we've got some other good young players in there, but they're not all going to make it. And it's about time we kind of realise that, you know, we're aiming to be the best team. We're not aiming to be the fourth best team.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think you've got to be... Very um, harsh on some youngsters. I think there's some that you think maybe they could make it. But I think when you get this top level, you can't wait for players to make it. They have to at least show something to be in the team, to trust them. I think there's a few players that fall into that bracket of maybe it's best to sell them on, get a bit of money out of them and invest them into some world-class talent to really bring trophies to this club.
1: Absolutely agree, absolutely agree. And it's not to say it's the end, it's just the thing. I mean, players have got to, they got to raise the level, raise the game. I mean, Mount's done it. I mean, you know, we've got people like Ziek, we've got uh, Havertz in the team, we've got really kind of top, top young players and Mount's still playing. So, you know, people need to kind of see his example and say, you know, I've got to raise my game and get to that level because it's not like they haven't been given chances. And that's what I always get annoyed with when people say this player hasn't had a chance this player I'd actually say that a lot of players and that's one pro we can say about Frank is that he did give a lot of chances out
0: yeah I mean I'd I'd say the only youth player that you could say I think he could be could have been given a bit more but I think I understand why he hasn't would be Billy Gilmore but I think already within the short amount of times he's played I think you've seen enough quality to say yes keep him at least on the books I think he needs loan spells out and I think he needs more than one but I think he's someone to look at in the future and not right now
1: yeah I mean but even he had to, you know he was integrated into the team he played amazing Everton Liverpool I think he was given quite a nice few chances to get his foot in the door obviously since Tuchel's come in you know we're at the back end of the season you can't really fit him in now but again you know he's young I mean his. He's one of those ones. You can send on loan, he can do incredibly well, come back and he's ready. You know, there are some that I think, yeah, they could be sold and moved on. But there's a lot that could take a lot from a positive loan. I mean, look at what's happened with uh, Connor Gallagher. I mean, he had a really good loan. I mean, I know West Brom's a terrible team and a yo-yo club. But he's been their best player over there. And, you know, it, that kind of makes us look, you know, the players that go on the loan, they do well, like Loftus-Cheek did at Crystal Palace. Um, You know, he's amazing at Crystal Palace, and he's been great for Fulham as well, one of their best players, and getting them out of the bottom three. And in my opinion, he'd be worth a shout again next season. And I think, you know, it's in their own hands.
0: Yeah, I mean, just bringing in the Ruben Hive once again, obviously, you've got uh, Marv's agenda for uh, Erling Haaland, which we'll talk about in a bit. But. You've got everyone, we've got to support the Reuben Hive. I mean, we've had the AC Hive that Lewis has done and it's kind of started to do well now. But the Reuben Hive is for the man that has been possibly, I think, one of our best youth players that we've provided bar probably a Mason Mount at the moment in terms of the modern era, obviously, not including the likes of John Terry, etc. But I think he's gone through so much and I think he he's got the motivation to come back in this team. And I think we, we miss Ruben so bad in a lot of games. I think he could be the player that in midfield that could just help us get that just a bit more creativity and a bit more cohesion. And I think, obviously, every day post at 11 p.m. UK time, trying to get this hive going. It's, it's going well, but everyone that's listening, could do your support. Get this Ruben Hive. Get Ruben back to his top, back into the Chelsea team, back into the England team, win the World Cup, and let it come home to England. That's all I'm gonna say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Ruben. I think, uh, and I've kind of maintained that since he went on his loan at Palace and he came and played for us. He was really pivotal. Actually, I, I went to the City home City game uh, under sorry rain, sorry rain, and he come off the bench and he was just it's just literally not even phased. He comes on, he plays well. His dribbling is great. He opens up spaces well. His passing is good. He can score a couple of goals. For me, this is a player not to give up on. And I've seen a few people posting about selling him. And I think, like, of all the youth players that people are okay with selling, I just find it dumbfounding. Um, you know, he'd be way low down on my list of sales. Way low down. I still think he's got a lot to give.
0: Yeah, I mean, I understand, in the way that. If, he doesn't, if if Tuchel decides he's not ready for the first team this season, I think he's at that age, 25. Does the player want to go on another loan? Which, that's the only reason I look at the idea and go, well, maybe it is time to sell him on if Tuchel doesn't want him in the squad and he's not ready to go on a loan. But apart from that, I think it's absolutely bollocks to think of selling Ruben. I think you, I could list about five or six youth players I'd sell before Ruben or at yep, and probably about nine or ten fringe players in that position.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think what he does, we don't have a lot of. Um, so, I definitely think there's there, there's a place for him. But he's, Again, he's got to earn it, right? I mean, I'm for that. I, I like Ruben the cheek I wouldn't give up on that
0: player. I'd argue with that we have none of what Luke Ruben provides. I think closest man to Ruben in this team in terms of his ability and his ability to drive, would be Kovacic, but he doesn't do it enough.
1: I was thinking Havertz, kind of good with the ball, good at kind of opening a little bit of space, scores a few goals. I think they kind of might provide something quite similar. I don't think Ruben and Kova because I don't see Ruben as a deep player uh, yeah. to me, whereas I think that's where Kova can operate. I don't think that him and Kova really are the same. I think Ruben's much better in the final third, and I think Kova's kind of weak in the final third, isn't he? So I think we're looking at two slight different kind of roles
0: there yeah i was thinking i was just in terms of the idea that cover likes to drive with the ball a bit more i think we have no one that can drive we got all like havertz who can pass the ball quite well ziek etc mount we don't really have anyone that can just pick the ball up and drive past two or three players we have no one that drives into that central space that always is just a space we never have anyone that drives into it. Kovacic sometimes does it from deep, but again, once he gets to that final third, he struggles. So that's why I think Ruben is probably the better version of Kovacic that you play further forward. Also saves us spending in that area as well. Exactly that, exactly that. Um, moving on to, swiftly, on to transfer news. Uh, we'll start with the main story that is spoken about every single week, Erling Haaland. Uh, reports come out this week that... Dortmund have set their price, which was one hundred and fifty-eight million. Marv, would you take that right now?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Sweet. I mean, sorry. Go ahead. I mean, I I was I was going to say the exact same thing. I'd say I'd give them one hundred and sixty and just give them a little bit of change. Let them keep it.
1: (laughs) I would definitely, um, definitely take this, and and the reason why I say this is like. Some people will disagree. I think that's our biggest need, is a world-class superstar striker. He's strong, he's fast, he can hold up the ball, he can score goals, he can pass the ball, he can move, he's good with both feet. And he could be your striker for 13 years. Um, So, I mean, I personally was uh, in the minority that felt like Mbappe was worth the money they paid at the time. I was in the minority that felt that Neymar was worth the money that PSG paid at the time. And I still maintain that. You know, you're buying a player that is super, super elite or super elite potential. And for me, what's the worst that Haaland's going to do? You know, maybe he doesn't score the same amount of goals, but he's going to score more than the current strikers we have. And uh, I think he fits in. I think the way that we play kind of suits someone like that. We, Chelsea are better with a big striker, but a big striker that has more than just the ability to hold up and doesn't score that many, you know, a la Giroud or, or Tammy. Someone like that. but you know, We've always done well with those. Drogbo, we've done well with Diego Costa. We've done well with those types. And I think he could be the next dropper. I see the way that he turns off, gets a shot off. $158 million for me will repay itself in maybe four to five seasons. So for me, this is a no-brainer. And I would say the fact that they do want that money for him right now, for me, is, is, is perfect because it rules out a good 80% of teams that will be willing to pay that, whereas I think we could. So, you know, the more they ask for him, the better it is for us, weirdly. If they ask for 80, 90, 100 million, then we're we're competing with City, we're competing with Man United. I think we we could... He would choose us over many teams, but I think there's one or two teams that have such a lure at this point due to where they are currently. And, you know, because of his dad being Man City and everything. You know, though, that price really, really suits us. So, you know, go for this. We go for it.
0: Yeah, I think... Um... It's he's a player that I think, despite my reservations about the agent, I think we just need to go all out and get. I think I don't care how much you have to spend, who you have to sell, you have to get this player, and you have to get it for Tuchel. If you're if Chelsea are serious about this club, I think if it if it gets to a point where we pay the money and he just chooses City because and City match it and it's just one of them things, you go all right, the club's tried its best in the end, you can understand why he would go to a City if they obviously do become Premier League champions, if they do somehow win the quadruple father's played there, etc, etc probably will get quite a lot of money on the wage as well Um, you'd understand why he'd go to City over Chelsea um, if the time comes to it, but we need to actually go all out for him, I don't want to see this Oh, we'll pay 100 million, or we'll yeah, pay indeed. 120, and we'll try and haggle it down. This is not a time for haggling. There's certain players you can haggle prices down, and I know Marina is very good at it, but Erling Haaland is not the one because I know that 150 million you will have to pay an agent fee on top of that, which I think is where I look and go, Will City want to pay that? I think they, they. I think they struggle to. They'll str- I, For me, they, they. I think they'll struggle to pay 150 million on one player, anyway. But to pay a good 20, 30 million, which I think would be an agent fees on top. I'm not sure whether they'll do it. I think Chelsea will be reluctant to. But I think if the time comes to it and they're serious about it, I think Roman will sanction it. But we'll have to wait and see. Would uh, you Would you have? Would you have would you be happy to pay whatever Rayla wants?
1: It depends on what Rayla asks for, but um, I'm I'm a bit sceptical because I don't like the agent, but I think, you know, I I kind of done a bit of digging work on him in the more recent time to see why he was being such a douche all the time. And I look at, like, some of the stuff he he says, it's, it's about the teams that he's got his clients playing in not competing. And so I think that he's actually maybe not a bad match. For, for our club, because I think, you know, he, he talks about wanting to get Pogba out of Man United. Who wouldn't want to get their superstar player out of a dead club they've played for for last four years and won nothing? I mean, who wouldn't? You know, I mean, it's just it's just common sense. Like you, you don't hear. I mean, you know, he does try and get bigger wages and stuff like that for people, of course. But every agent's going to do that. Um, you know, we're talking about an absolute potentially elite player. And, yeah, it could be an expensive flop, but I, I just don't foresee that. I think he's a warrior. I think this is going to be one of the best two or three players in the world in the next four to five years. He scores an unbelievable amount of goals. He scores them in the Champions League. He scores them in the Bundesliga. He scores them internationally. He's, he's done it everywhere, right? And he has a lot of other excess skills that maybe other centre-fours do not have. So I don't see anyone else... As as much more of a worthy signing than is. I don't think we need a centre back. We've got Rudiger Christensen, who I wasn't a big fan of, and Tiago Silva, and they're all fantastic at this point. Um, You know, we've got good players across the pitch. What we don't have is a top volume scoring striker. And without that, I don't see us yet getting to the elite.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I tend to agree with most of that. I think centre back, I think there's still an argument, um, but we'll come on to that later in the show um but yeah i think striker is the main target i think we need to get a strike well, i say we need to get a striker at all costs we need to get Harland at all costs because i think you look outside of harland and we'll speak about the next target for me it's a massive downgrade as soon as you don't get harland you downgrade yeah. two or three levels which will move on to romulo lukaku um rumours over the last week or two have been heating up about him potentially coming back to Chelsea. You had the little Instagram flirt with him and Didier Drogba yesterday. Oh really? I did see that. Yeah, it was um uh obviously Lukaku played obviously scored that good goal against Belgium and uh Didier Drogba put a photo of Lukaku um celebrating the goal and put hmm um which Obviously certain <laughs> certain people took into certain ways. Um and then Lukaku then decided to reply to drogba's Story saying, We're working on it. Oof. To which that then really stems every Chelsea fan into absolute mind blown on Twitter. Um that's what all that's come from. Now every now now everyone is on the Lukaku train and not so much on the Haaland train which is what I worry about personally but what do you think about the possibility of re-signing Romelu Lukaku
1: well I mean I'm not gonna you know one thing about me is I'm real to the end and uh, I've never been a fan I mean I was actually no start again I was a fan when he went on his loans originally right so he went on his loans um, he went on his loans and he did really well right So he did fantastically. He scored lots of goals for West Brom, lots of goals for Everton. And I'm like, okay, great. Come back to Chelsea and be the next dropper. He comes back. He plays one game in the Super Cup. He disappears. He misses a penalty. He costs us. And then he runs away. Now, that is an ultimate alarm bell. An ultimate alarm bell. Not a big game player. I've actually compiled a list of big games that he's, he's failed in. So we start off with a Super Cup final. For me, that meant a lot, that game. I really wanted us to win that. And he, he missed it. OK, you can miss a penalty. But after you miss a penalty, you fucking stay and you play and you become a great player, like Drogba did, like all these other players have done. But he didn't. He left. He went to Everton permanently. And and in that club, in that club, he had a chance, right? He had a chance to d- deliver. Played Man United in the FA Cup semi-final. I believe he missed a penalty. He missed three open goals, and then they lost the game. Big game number two, failed. FA Cup final, playing for Man United against Chelsea, comes off the bench, they need a goal. I don't even think he touched the ball. Another big game failure. Europa League final versus Sevilla. He scores, they're winning, and you don't see him for the rest of the game. The game gets turned over, he misses an open goal. I think he even scored an own goal, didn't he? don't remember that point, but they lost again. Three points behind Juventus. Inter versus Juventus last season. Turns up nothing. No goals, barely touched the ball. They lose. They end up finishing second. And this is just off the top of my head. There's been so many of these huge games that he's failed in. And, you know, I know that there was a kind of nice connection with him and Drogba. If he comes back to Chelsea, I will support him. Of course I will. I, I was always behind that story. I loved the story that he came to the club and wanted to be a Chelsea player. I really loved that. But there's a lot of alarm bells. And in my opinion, he's absolutely nowhere near what Haaland's going to become.
0: Yeah, I think even with all them big games, you can include every major tournament that Belgium have gone to with Lukaku. I think every time he's gone to the World Cup or Euros, he's absolutely flopped. He's not turned I up oh, I really. missed out those.
1: Sorry, I missed out those as well. Semi-final of the Euros, disappears, nothing. They're lost to Wales in one. What's he doing there? You know, I mean, there's just endless lists. Sorry, continue, continue.
0: Yeah, so I think that's that's the problem. I think every that with me, I think a lot of people are looking at his time in Syria at the moment, particularly this season, because I think last season he didn't really pull up many trees, but this season he has done quite well. But I think for me, I always sum it up as it's not, it's more of the player is suited more to Serie A. And to a lower league, compared to Lukaku's improved massively and become this big player that we need. I think he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a good striker for certain teams. And at Inter, he's doing very well under Conte. But for me, especially for the price that he will will need to pay for him, I don't think we should go anywhere near him. Um, personally, I think. He'd be if you if I was to put him on my list of potential strikers, I think he'd be third or fourth down the list, in my opinion, I think. But I just I just don't think I think we need Haaland. And if we can't get Haaland then it's a bit of a panic of who do you actually get in the end of the day.
1: Yeah, I mean it's you know, I mean the way that I'm looking at this is that, uh, you know, we, we need a big goal scorer, and if we don't get Haaland, we're going to have to re kind of design what we got to do and what, what's important for us because we've got some good attackers, but we don't score any fucking goals. And, um, you know, the, the problem with that is what do you do then? If you can't get Haaland, and, and I, I don't think Lukaku's the answer, I wouldn't buy Lukaku myself. I, it wouldn't even be he was, So If he was on the list, it would be in someone kind of like 5th, 6th, if we're looking at direct centres. But um, what I would do, if we can't get Haaland, the next one on the list for me is Mbappe. And you play him on the left and you stick with, like, Timo and, and, and Tammy or whatever. But next on the list would be Mbappe. Then we're looking at, like, people like that and, and Neymar. And people, I, I think we, we need someone who's going to score a lot of goals, who's an elite player. And Lukaku's not an elite player. Um, and and that, that's just, you know, an unfortunate but simple thing,
0: right? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, for me, if there was a second choice to Harland up front, for me, as hard as it would be to get him out of Tottenham, it would be, it would Harry, be Kane. Harry Kane. He was um, on my
1: list too. Um, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, continue.
0: Yeah, I think the only issue is, is he is he motivated to win trophies? Because I think if he doesn't want to, if he doesn't ask to leave Tottenham this summer, there's something wrong with mentality, big time. Because I don't get how you can stay... No matter how loyal you are to a club or to a team, even though that's what you always point out he's actually an Arsenal fan, so it's not like there's been a historic Tottenham um, loyalty there. Um, so I think if he doesn't want to leave Tottenham this summer, there's something really wrong with his mentality, and that would put me off him. But I think he's a player that if you're going to downgrade from Haaland... I wouldn't mind downgrading to Harry Kane. But the problem is, you know you're going to have to pay around the same price. Levy's going to be an absolute arse to negotiate with. And I just don't think we're actually linked to him at all at the moment, which is the problem. And I think, again, when as like you said, you go past that, and I really struggle to name any credible opponent uh, striker that you could actually bring into the squad
1: yeah and, and again i completely completely agree with i mean harry kane was on my list as the second one if we're going for a striker because he's like able to link play can pass the ball he can move he can take free kicks he can score he's a good striker he scores high volume amounts of goals. he's an ideal candidate the only problem is again we come back to that mentality point he's won golden boots though that's good but you know he's lost finals he's lost semis and th- there have been games where he's literally not even been seen and, and that would also worry me, much like it does with, with, with Romelu. Um, although, like, he's much better as an all-round footballer than Lukaku. So, you know, you kind of... It depends how much money they'd ask for Harry Kane. But, yeah, I, I feel the same. If he doesn't, wanna, if doesn't get out of Tottenham this summer, I feel like he, there is definitely a mentality issue. And it happened with England, too. So, you know, when it's happening all around, you have to kind of think about it. Is he going to score enough goals that that's going to cover us? I think he could... I, I do think he could transform into this super winner, but it's time's running out.
0: Yeah, I think time's running out swiftly for him. I think that Tottenham team is poison and I think the longer he stays in it, the longer his mentality drops and he worsens as a player. Um so I think hopefully we can just hopefully we just get a proper striker in and then we can challenge. Um before we move on to a couple of defender links, there's one player that a lot of fans have been talking about as not a a striker to be on the same level as Haaland, but a good striker to bring in on the long term that people have belief in. Dominic Carvert-Lewin. Would you ever think about bringing Carvert-Lewin in as a possible strike option?
1: I quite like Calvert Lewin. I think he's, he's actually a pretty good player. Um, he does score goals. I'll be worried about his injury history. Isn't he been injured quite a bit?
0: I'm not actually sure on that front. I don't know how. I don't know how many injuries. I know he's had a, f- a few, but I don't think it's. I'm not sure if it's anything majorly worrying. I actually do head. like
1: the. I, I do like Calvert Lewin. Actually, I, I think he's a good player. I think every, how old is he? Must be quite young.
0: I think he's like 22, 23.
1: Very young. I mean, he's definitely an outside shout um, because he's quite good in the centre. He's quite a good scorer and he's quite strong. I'd have to really kind of study a bit more with him because I watch and I see him score the goals, but I haven't watched too many full Everton matches, uh, especially recently. So I'd have to check that. But yeah, he's a a player I definitely like.
0: Yeah, I mean, just to sum it up for me, I think um, my cousin, he supports Everton, so... For the last three, four years, I've been getting the oh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He's a great striker. He's going to be one of the world's best. And I'm just like, oh. here we go. It's 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 a typical Everton fan. He had the Lukaku thing where he's saying Lukaku is going to be the best. Then he said Calvert-Lewin, and up to this season, I think I've looked at him and gone, no, he's he's not the he's not the bright thing that I, what I'd like to go for. But this season, he has f- fair play to me. I think he's proved himself. To be a very good striker, but for me, if we were to sign him this summer, I think it's a bit too early. I'd like—I think for me, I'd like to see him do it again next season at the same level. Before I go, yeah, he should sign for Chelsea. I think for me, it's a bit too early to go for someone like Carvalho. But I do think he's a—he's a good striker. I think the only—he's—he's he's a bit like Werner, but he has got that more of a presence in terms of he can hold himself up a little bit more up top. So I suppose he is more of that, again, one of them hybrid strikers you talk about. We talk about that Chelsea kind of suit. So I think it could be an option. It would be significantly cheaper than Haaland if he was going to go for that. Talk about saving money and financial fair play, even Mm -hmm. though that's going out the window. Um, Do
1: you think they're going to... Sorry to interrupt you there. Do you think they're going to give that up so easily I mean dealing with Everton is not fun
0: yeah it's not fun um I think mean, there's has been quotes of at the moment because I think Man United have been linked to them uh for around 50 million which for me again for, for doing it over one season I think it's a little bit early but I I, I that's not a bad price I think personally
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, so do I. I mean, I think, I mean, that's kind of what we paid for Timo, wasn't it? So I think, I mean, I'm not totally against that. It's something I've not really considered too much. I do like Calvert-Lewin. I think he does have
0: a nice skill set. Yeah, I think he has, yeah, as you you say, he has a nice skill set. But I think it's, for me, wait another season, see how he does, and then consider it in the future. Got to be Haaland. Yeah, it's got to be Haaland. for me. You, there's no there is no one else. I think we're gonna. I think after this, unless there is any serious stuff coming up, I think we're just gonna leave it. We want Haaland and that's it. Haaland or no one else. Yeah, because I think yeah, there's enough discussions about second great strike. Because I think I heard someone, uh, one of the guys on Steaks Stream on YouTube started talking about Patrick Bamford, and that's where I, oh, God. Stopped. I And that's where I stop and go, no, mediocrity is setting in.
1: I mean, that's when, I mean, you know, that's when you've got to get off the stream. I mean, come on. I mean, this player wasn't good enough. He still isn't good enough. He, he, He can score a couple of goals. He's having a nice run in his career, but he's, you know, that's playing for Leeds United, fighting for 12th.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think when you look at a player like that and you go... No, he wasn't good enough for Chelsea before. Not good enough for Chelsea now. So, Absolutely. Now, Going into set the back into the defense, we've been having over again the last few last week links to Paul Torres. Um, mm. For me, I think there's a lot of centre backs again we've been linked to that I think if we're going to buy a centre back, I don't think they're good enough. Um you talk we're talking about the likes Boateng, Sula etc but pal torres what do you think of him Marv?
1: interesting point i'm going to let you in on something quite nice uh i've actually been watching uh Villarreal a little bit lately and uh i actually quite like the way they play um and i think we're looking at a guy that's actually got the same kind of profile like ruben diaz uh more similar to i mean like, I watched the first game, because actually uh, that player was brought to my attention by one guy I was talking to. And um, he said, watch Pau Torres, he's really good. And he, it was against Barca and he played terribly. And I was like, ah, oh, maybe not so good. And then um, I watched another game with him and he's he's really good at passing, breaking the lines. He's quite athletic. He's, he's a good player. And, um, I mean, if we are looking at a centre-back, he would be in my list. Again, I'm, I don't see many good centre-backs out there. But if we were actually looking for one and we do want to sign one, I think he would definitely be up there in my top choices.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think um, he is one of the only centre-backs at the moment that I am considering. I think, again, I'm one of these people that I think we do need a centre-back still. I think, especially if we go back to a back four, I think, particularly with Christensen. Why? Not...
1: Why would we go back to a back four when we're not conceding any goals? I, I, I don't. I've heard that so much. and I just don't get
0: why. I just think it's one of the things. I think we we are struggling to score goals in this back three. I think it's. You could argue it is even more evident compared to what it was in the Lampard days. I think. Of yes, course, we. Could, yes, more we. Balanced. Yeah, yes, we could bring in a striker, uh, i.e. Uh, Harland, but I'm. I'm just wondering, especially with Tuchel, he's preferred a back four generally of every other team he's had and I'm just wondering whether it is eventual that he will go back to that back four and I think if we do do that, that's where my worries set in about Christensen, possibly Rudiger, but I think I'm a little bit more confident with Rudiger in a back four but I think definitely Christensen, I'm a bit worried that he'll go a bit more back into his old self and that's where we'll if we do go to a back four, that's where I feel we will need another defender. But then again, I struggle to see one out there apart from probably Paul Torres and then the other centre the other centre backs I've looked at have already moved on, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: That's the point, isn't it? Like, um I mean there's some ones I quite like. I mean I always liked Koulibaly. I know he's kind of been kind of on the down though a bit more recently. Um Again, I'm not totally sure that we really needed. I mean, yeah, okay, I'm not a huge Christensen fan, but he's done well under Tuchel. I think, I, I, I don't think, I, I mean, I'm coming back to this. I, I, if we're going to go two at the back, then it's got to be Rudiger Silva for me. But I, I mean, I'm not sure that a centre-back is really... Upamecano might have been a good one. And it's a shame he chose, I mean, yeah, he's not amazing, but his athleticism is unbelievable. And I think the way that we're playing, he kind of would have, he would have suited our way of play. Um, but there is no like, other than that, I can't see anyone. And even Paltoris, he's 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 a good passer, but he's not, his volume isn't as good as Christensen's. So, I mean, again, there might be an adaptation period for, for him. It just makes me think, I'm not sure the centre-back that we'd really need is out there at this point. Um, I mean, you know, I wanted Van Dijk at the time when he was available. The club, you know, didn't push that trigger and... I just can't see. I'm looking at all the best defensive teams in the world and I can't see anyone. I mean I mean I would kind of like if we went for another kind of age center back for a cup just for a couple of seasons. I think that would save us money and be quite diligent if if someone like a Ramos was available for a couple of seasons. I know he's on the last year of his deal. Um that's the kind of way I'd go. Imagine having Rudiger Ramos and Silva. I mean you've got three kind of ment- mentality demons in there.
0: Uh, I would, I wouldn't. As an attacker, I wouldn't like to play against that defence. I tell you that. Oh, me neither. <laughs> but I think with but I the think centre- that's the way to go. Okay. I think with the centre back, this is where I come to, and kind of come on and think. Well, we've got a couple of good centre backs in the youth rankings. I, I think the most potential one is Guey, Swansea. I think. Is it a time that we just go? Do we give Gueye one more uh, one more Premier League loan? See if he can cut it out. And do we just look and go? Well, maybe we just don't need to look and risk it on some average, mediocre centre back, and just give Gueye the step into to to give it to give him a chance. I think obviously the chance he may fail, and he might not even do well in his Premier League loan. To which we we will just go and buy a centre back anyway. But I think that's where you gotta go and look at and go, well, if there isn't we when you go to buy players and mix these players of youth, I think you look at and go, Well, is there a player on the market that's available? Yes. Or in as in for centre backs, I think, no, not really. And then you look into you you look into the academy and go, Well, is there anyone realistically that has the potential to be in that position, which I think in the centre back option there is some potential that you could I think but I think we've got again we've got to be with this youth thing careful and we've got to pick and choose specific youth players and not just think every youth player is good what do you think
1: yeah I totally agree I think it's really really naive uh, to think that every single youth player that has a good game is now going to play for Chelsea and it's a I mean, uh, uh, the pathway has been made, and we need to kind of appreciate the um, incredible job the club has done regarding it. Um, If we look, look into it. I mean, look at the amount of pathways that have now been provided. We think about back in the season when Conte was about to take over. That was the biggest argument among fans, like pathways for players to come in. And then you had really good analysts uh, talking about players that should be playing. Like, I won't name the analysts because I really respect the guy, but um, we're saying people like Lewis, Lewis Baker. And, you know, you know, those people were not good enough. But now the pathways have given at least the opportunity for us to to show that. And yeah, I like Gerhi, but he's playing in the championship. So, you know, he needs a prem loan. We can't rush these stuff. You know, he needs a prem loan. And even, but the same way, we can't give up on them after one bad loan. Same with Ethan Ampadu, right? We can't give up on him straight away. He's got skills. Um, It's like, we need to allow time. Like, these players are still pretty young. And that's one thing, you know, some, but then, you know, some of them just were never good enough. And it's really easy to see it sometimes. You know, like we had uh, Nathan Ake. He was maybe good enough to be a really, really far back squad player. But that was about it. And people were raging about him for ages. And you know, we've got to be a bit more, bit more pragmatic with what we think about some of the youth players. They need to have something special. And some of them have it, some of them really don't.
0: Yeah, I think I agree agree with you a lot. I think it's quite funny on the uh, Lewis Baker conversation because I actually uh, know him from a friend of a friend. So it it did make me laugh because I I always used to secretly say back in the day that I really loved Lewis Baker, but I knew just maybe he wasn't good enough. So uh, it was always a thing to chuckle about. But yeah, I think going on to Mark yeah, I think he does need... I think, I'm not saying he should come in this summer straight away in the Chelsea team, um, but I, I think, yeah, if you give him a Premier League loan, if say if Swansea do go up or if Swansea don't go up, you give him a decent Premier League loan. I don't, I don't want him being thrown to a West Brom-like team, um, but just give him a chance to show himself, and if he does prove himself, I think it's an option you just go, well, maybe we can look at that rather than spending £50 million on a Canate, who's not going to do anything. Sula, who's not going to do anything and just waste more mediocrity money, I call it.
1: Yeah, and you're right. It's an absolutely huge waste of money. I mean, Canate, you know, I I watched him. I wasn't impressed at was the one with the the slightly more unique skill set, and he's going to buy him. Don't want Sula. He's not my kind of player at all. Um, Like, we're thinking about centre-backs. You know, he's deemed not good enough for him. We need to Sometimes that does work out, you know, that people think they're not good enough, and then they fit another team, fine. But, you know, if we want to buy a centre-back, it has to be an elite one. If an elite one isn't available, you know, fuck it. It's not worth it. You know, we've got to look at the areas. In my opinion, centre-back was a weakness, but I think it was being talked about too much. I thought a defensive midfielder was much more of a bigger need. But now we've switched the system, and now that's less of a need. So, again, it really depends on how uh, Tuchel wants to play. I think, in that sense. But, I mean, for me, the way we're playing now is perfect, minus we're not quite a scoring, but we're playing, you know, low-risk games now. So we're pragmatically getting these games won, and I prefer that than throwing everything at a game and losing 3-2. So, you know, we've got players to do well. I think, again, the striker is the most
0: most key point for me. Yeah, I agree. I think striker is the one op- if, if If we could only sign one player in the summer, I think, Personally, I still think that wouldn't be good enough for um, from the board. But if we do get a, someone, it has to be a striker and it has to be Erling Haaland. I think that would be the only way. That would be the only thing i will be happy with, uh, personally. Um, so, finishing up on, obviously, Trance stuff. Uh, and we're going to move on to a section that's a bit more of a unique section. Well, I say unique. It's used by every other Chelsea YouTuber. But thought we'd join the bandwagon and try something new on the pod. Uh, we're going to do a tier list style uh, to do with Roman Abramovich and the managers that he's had underneath. So we're going to go through each manager from Ranieri all the way up to Lampard. I've, I was considering whether we'd put Tuchel in it, but I think we don't. I don't think we really have enough yeah. to judge Tuchel at the moment. Um, maybe at the end of the season, if he's won a trophy, maybe we can discuss it. But we'll go through and we'll put him into certain categories. So if anyone obviously you guys and the listeners want to join in and make your own tier list we'll I'll just mention the categories now so we've got elite we'll have successful we have respected we have average and we oh, have cool. waste of a manager so Marv, you got them categories down? yes although i'm having trouble with my average <laughs> <laughs>
1: Because uh, I don't really do that. I think that there's either like elite or shit in a lot of ways, but we'll, I'll try.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think this, this is going to be one thing that you're going to hear me and Marv disagree on a lot. So I think this is why I kind of wanted to bring it in, because I think it'll be interesting to see what we say. So going straight into it, Claudio Ranieri. Marv, where would you put him in this list and why?
1: Now, this is really hard. Um, I, so, for me, when we're talking about um, Claudio, you know, I would look at it on, on face value, and, and it's, it's, you know, it's a lot of money after a while, and we didn't win anything. So, you know, but actually, I actually think some of the signings and players that he chose actually set up the spine for the next eight to ten years of our club. Remember, he, took, he was the one who took the risk on Lampard. He was the one who got Joe Cole. You know, so we're looking at these kind of uh, guys. For me, he will always, always be in the respected category.
0: Yeah, I think for uh, to start it off, I think I would agree with you. I think he, I didn't obviously watch too much of the Ranieri era uh, live because of football. my age. Um, played good football. Yeah, we did. We did. We play good football, I think. But it was, I think he, it's always hard to start it off right from, from the beginning, I think. Um, yeah. obviously Mourinho did very well after but I think as you just, as Marv said he did set it up and I think he wasn't average, he was good, I'd say yeah he was a good manager so I, I would put him in that respected category, I think he's always a respected figure at Chelsea and he's it. it, it, it uh, what he did at Leicester has proved that he was he is a good manager to expect I think maybe it was maybe if we, if he did have more time he may have done stuff but obviously The next manager provided us with so much joy, so uh, Ranieri was kind of a memory in most Chelsea fans. Uh, So, yeah, so I think it's unanimous. I think we're going to put Claudio Ranieri in respected. Next, we're going to go with Jose Mourinho's first stint at Chelsea. Marv, I think we're both going to agree on this one, but where would you put Jose Mourinho's and why? Oh, absolutely. Average. I mean, he should have <laughs> won. No, no, of course not. Um,
1: i I, be, I become a coach because of Jose Mourinho. This guy, for me, at that point, he was my god. And the fact that not only did he win all the stuff, you know, he won the, the Premier League, the Carling Cup. The first Carling Cup was incredible. My God, I was sweating buckets. I was so happy. And, uh, you know, he, he brought... Uh, no matter what we say about Mourinho, that he is super... It, The category is beyond elite, what he did for us. He he changed the face of the football. You know, we won everything. We become essentially the blue enemies to everyone else. Um, So it's fantastic. Everything he did, fantastic. I have absolutely zero complaints about his first stint, apart from maybe when they sold Robin. Um, Absolutely incredible. Super, super elite, his first stint. Could not have been better, in my opinion. Yeah, okay, we could have won the Champions League, but the fact that it wasn't inch perfect actually made it even more special, I think.
0: So you it's elite, are you gonna go with elite? Absolute elite. And again, um I'm gonna to have to agree with that I think any any Chelsea fan that's not putting Jose's first spell in elite, I think it's a bit of a bit of trouble, bit of trouble they've got there. Um now moving on to a manager that was not loved by a lot of Chelsea fans, Avram Grant, Marv, where would you um, put him in and why?
1: He's gone in my waste of space manager. Um, Absolutely hated him. Uh, Never took to him. He sounded, honestly, if he didn't talk, I would have thought he was dead. Um, He he looked like he was an undertaker. (laughs) And he just did not inspire me. Every time I talked, I thought, this is the guy that knifed Mourinho in the back, Um, which he probably didn't. Uh, He didn't do anything. We would, and and also he he is the biggest colossal failure we've ever had. Actually, maybe not. There are maybe two that could be considered worse than him. Um, for me, but for me, he's arguably one of my least favourites. So, we lost a fucking Carlin Cup final being one nil up, and I'm not I'm not having that. We should have beaten Tottenham. that. We lost that to Tottenham. It wasn't right? even a good Tottenham, was it? No, it was. We, we lost the final because it hit Woodgate in the face. And, and yeah, that's not his fault, but come on. We should have won this game. And uh, would Mourinho have lost that game? No way. So we lost that. We lost the Champions League final. OK, you can accept that it's not his fault. Um, but we lost to the, where, where the, the real kicker is here. We lost in the FA Cup to Barnsley. Barnsley. Oh, don't,
0: don't, don't, even, don't even remind me of that game.
1: This guy is arguably the biggest fraud of a coach. And, and, and I feel really strongly about it uh, he's a nice guy, yeah of course he's a nice guy but he was not a good coach I have n- it was the first time I was ever annoyed with Roman Abramovich, I love Roman Abramovich he's the hero but he, he you know gave us this guy, when I, I really wanted Goose Hiddink, I thought okay he's the natural replacement and we ended up with this guy and it was just we had some really great nights but they resulted in nothing and so for that reason I remember him as a colossal failure
0: yeah, I mean, I, I, again, once again, we're actually agreeing on on the first three wow. at the moment. Um, <laughs> I think I have a lot of people that talk to me and like, oh yeah, we got to two finals and was second, but I'm like, yes, but this was the this was a Jozo Mourinho team that was still absolutely Cup, phenomenal, and the fact that again we lost to Tottenham, which is bad enough, and it was even it was, wasn't even like a good Tottenham, like Tottenham nowadays. You'd be annoyed, but at least you, you would admit it's not half bad. But this team was absolutely diabolical that we lost to. Then we lost Barnsley in the semi-finals, which I can't... To this day, With I still quarters. don't understand. What was quarters? I, I don't, it quarters? It wasn't semi. I, 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 I tried to not remember it because it's just a terrible day in Chelsea's history. We um, would have won that cup.
1: All the good teams went out. We, if we'd have won that, we'd have won that cup, and the season would have been a success.
0: Yeah, and then even the Champions League fight. All right, that's not so much his fault. But even then, like you bottled two finals, and then come second place, which I think we sh- we were, we were, we could have we should have won that league as well. We should have won the league that day as well. And we got bot we bottled it again. Uh, he's, a frust- he's a frustrating yeah. manager, and you, you can just see he went. He left Chelsea. Went to West Ham, got them relegated, and done fuck all with the rest of his manager career. So I think waste of a well, manager. No.
1: He did one other thing, didn't he? He got Portsmouth to the FA Cup final, which they were then beaten by us.
0: Yeah, but didn't he get Portsmouth, Portsmouth <laughs> relegated as well? Anyway? Yeah, yes, exactly. I think so he's so. got his oh, Premier League. His uh, two other Premier League clubs are two relegation clubs. That sums it up for him. He was a shit manager. We should never have got him in the first place. Agree. Which now moves on to Felipe Scolari, who he, he's, he's, he's got his accolades with his Brazil World Cup, but maybe not the best time at Chelsea. Marv, what was your, where would you put Scolari in S and why?
1: Well, you're rolling them off so I can knock these ones down. This guy was the biggest freaking failure. Um, this guy is this guy is worse than Grant. This guy, I, I've got this guy lower than Grant, in fact. This guy, he comes there, and, and I'll give you the reasons why I think he's worse than Grant. You know, Grant at least did guide that Champions League fight, even though the, the players probably managed themselves anyway, right? But he was part of it, okay? So let's be fair but he wasn't, Jose. And um, we're looking at Sky. What does he do? He comes in, he asks, and, and part of this is the board's fault too, because he asked for Deco and he asked for Robinho and the club fucked around and only got him Deco. So you know, he he tried to change everything about the club. He tried to, but the, the, this is the biggest kicker. Yeah, he failed. We did shit, you know, and he was sacked deservingly. And for me, is the worst manager we've ever had. But the biggest kicker, he tried to swap Drogba for Adriano.
0: Oh, this this I I've realised how painful this is actually is at the moment.
1: It's insane. And 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 also, this was a world class team. This is why I put certain certain like two I've got down at the bottom or three ish, if you can argue that one, um, at the bottom because they had the strongest teams. He had prime. He had all these great players. He had Drogba, and Balak, Essien. You know, he had he had an absolutely world class football team, and he made it look, or it made it look
0: amateur. Yeah. I mean, again, I think for me, exactly. I think for, I I I feel a bit sorry in a way, just because I know that he is there. There was a good manager in there. I think it was just one of them things. It was completely the wrong fit. Um, oh, and he by did the just way, make.
1: Sorry to interrupt again. He couldn't even pronounce the fucking team name. <laughs> Every...
0: <laughs> it's like Chelsea. <laughs> I thought come on man. Oh uh, 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 to think this is the these were the days that I was most like kind of really invested into Chelsea, like the first some of the first times and oh it, it was just painful. Oh it was it was so painful. I, as you said I, I'm just gonna go with you on this again. Waste of a manager, I think. Uh there's gonna be a fair few managers in this book. Uh, I think I can still see at least one or two that are going to go jump into that category. Um, but we'll have to uh, wait and see for the next uh, sets of managers. So we'll move on to Gus Hiddink's first stint at the club. Um, Marv, tell us about Gus Hiddink and where do you think he should be?
1: Right, so um, this is an interesting one, and I think this might be our first disagreement that we, we come up to. Um, Because I always look at, we've got to, when we analyze this stuff, we've got to look at where the team is. I always think that's something that people ignore when they talk about, you know, Carlo and all these others. Where the team is. And uh, for me, I mean, I I, I don't think I've hidden this, but I am absolutely enamored by Goose Hiddink. Uh, For me, he is one of the best managers of all time. And uh, I believe him to be arguably the most underrated manager of all time. What manager gets, and just a bit of context, what manager gets Russia to the Euro semi-final, South Korea to the World Cup semi-final, you know, and PSV to the Champions League semi-final. It's, he's had always hard jobs, and that's why his honour lists are maybe a bit lower than some of the others. He took hard job after hard job, and 90% of the time he comes out glowing. Now, he took over the Chelsea team. I think we lost one game. One game with him in his first stint. It was to Tottenham. 1-0. I think Modric scored. And um, he took over. We won the FA Cup. We probably should have won the Champions League. Whereas that, that was the Ovrebo semi-final where we got screwed of that. comes yeah. in. When, he took over from Scolari, right? So, he's got to fix a lot of, like, kind of holes. He comes in the first game the team starts to improve the balance is back the player you know Mikel's in there playing really well it's for me and and for this reason he came in he did not only steady the ship he delivered an fa cup but he did not only do that he put the team on an upwards trajectory and we went from looking terrible under Scolari, losing to all the big games. We, I think at one point we, we got smashed by us, I don't remember who it was, that we got beat by quite badly. And then when he came in, we won this cup. We, beat, we won all these big games. We looked 10 times a team. He leaves. Everyone is ready to make an explosion because he made that trajectory start. And we carried that on in the following season. And it was a wonderful season. And I think a lot of that is down to him. So for me, goose hitting elite.
0: Wow. Um, I do think he was a... I, I, I love Gassinic. I think he was a manager that I highly respect. You I, you just couldn't hate him. I, I just don't... He just had that... Like, he's like similar to Ray Wilkins was at Chelsea. He's just such a lovable character. And obviously taken over from Scolari. Um, had a lot to fix. And he had one. he still has one of the best win percentages under that stint um compared to any other chelsea manager could have We're won us once. yeah could have could have won us the champions league which unfortunately uefa decided to uh, start its corruption in 2009 um and then won us the fa cup um obviously any manager that wins trophies at chelsea it's lovely to see and for me i I'm just gonna take him out of elite. I don't. I just don't. If he won that Champions League, then obviously he would super, super go into that category. But I am gonna put him in success, personally, in my opinion, just because. I, that's fair. I, I, I see. I think. I think. He, just because it is a again a short stint, so it's. I think that I'm being a bit unfair on Gus Hiddink in that respect. But I think just because I don't want to put so every manager in, loads of, every manager that wins a trophy in elite. I think I am going to just stick him in success just because he won us a trophy, did really well at the club, moved on. And yeah, I think as an international manager, he was absolutely phenomenal. And I think maybe England should have took him on at one point because we, we, we he could have done wonders with our team.
1: Absolutely. I I get that. You know, we lost one game, one game. And, you know, for me at that point, that was him in his proper prime as well. Like uh, me, for me, this this guy is just, He's unbelievable. I still think he's the most underrated manager that's ever been. Just some of the jobs that he took. I've just got a list up. Well, he did manage Real Madrid in 1988, 1988. He had Real Betis, South Korea, PSV, Australia, Russia, Chelsea, Turkey, Anji Machacala, Holland, Chelsea again, China under 21, and Curacao. Yeah, I mean,
0: he, it's not. It's not a lot of uh, no. good jobs, but he, he did. He did he did he did really well. I think he's he's had a good he had a good career and probably should have got some better jobs. But
1: he's also, done well at
0: the jobs he's done.
1: Definitely. Also he he uh, was named an honorary citizen of Seoul after reaching the, the cup semifinal for uh, South Korea and he was named an honorary citizen of Eindhoven after winning six uh, winning a six Ferry Divisie. So, if you look at, like, he's won lots of Dutch stuff. He won the European Cup with PSV in 1970, which is like the Champions League, isn't it? Yeah. So, he's actually won the Champions League with PSV Eindhoven.
0: It, uh, won- what can what can you say? He's, he's an impressive manager, an impressive man, and someone I kind of wish we had more at Chelsea.
1: Me too. I wanted him to be the permanent manager after that season.
0: Yeah, I think, look, me, my young self back in them days, I was kind of like just. Fl- I I I I'd see Hidink was like yay, and then he went, and then saw Ancelotti and was like yay, because I was a young, ten year old, probably no, twelve, something like that. But yeah, um, but looking back at it now, I think I would have taken. I, I personally would have, as good as Ancelotti was, I think I would have liked to have kept Hidink, on for on a permanent ride. I think he would have done quite well. Yeah, uh, so do I. I think the trajectory would have continued. Yeah, I think it's just one of them things. Now moving on to hitting successor, Carlo Ancelotti, obviously two seasons. First one, phenomenal. Second one, not so much. Marv, where are you gonna put him in this category?
1: Big discussion because no one ever agrees. And um, so I'll start out by saying I think he had a ro- I think out of all of these coaches he had the easiest job and uh what i mean by that is for example he took over a team in ultimate ascendancy after goose left they just won the cup the players were in their prime he came at the perfect time now that doesn't mean he wasn't deserving of credit that 2010 season i remember more fondly than any other season due to the what was happening in my life at that time and it was my return to Stamford bridge i hadn't been in like a lot of years And I decided I I didn't know how to get tickets. And I was like, OK, I found this website and I I bought tickets. I saw Chelsea Sunderland and we won 7-2. And, uh, you know, the football was some of the best we'd ever seen. Uh, He changed that system. I know he started with that diamond system. We played an and Jogger and I think that was good. He was willing to be flexible to go back to the 4-3-3 when we started having some bad results near the end of the season. So, you know, we won the double, which was fantastic. We won the league. We scored an unbelievable amount of goals. So he definitely deserves credit. But where I lose a lot of credit for him was season two. So season two, we had the same team. He was backed by Abramovich. He was given David Luiz and Torres players I know he asked for because I saw him say it. And he didn't get the best from those players. We gradually got worse. We even lost the final game of the season against Everton. It was 2-1, I think it was. We had 11 versus 10 men, and we still lost. Jermaine Beckford dribbled the whole defence. And, uh, you know, I don't think he was the manager that a lot of people say that he, he is. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to put him in the success category because that season of 2010 will always be in my heart as a just one of the, my happiest times in my life. Because, you know, my favorite player won the Golden Boot. Everyone was scoring goals. Every game was enjoyable, especially when we finally won it. I was just I couldn't believe it. I, I ordered myself a pizza. I had the house free moments gone away. I watched on match a day. I sat there a the whole day. It was a summer's day. I was really, really happy, just relaxing in my chair, smile on my face. So for that reason, he will always be in success. And he was very likable. He was extremely likable. I try to forget that second season, because for me, it was dreadful. It was utterly dreadful. But I think that, you know, wonderful. So for me, Carlo Ancelotti, successful.
0: Yeah, I mean... It's one of those things again. I think a lot of people would put him in the elite, and I can understand why. And I think if it wasn't for that second season, if it if we just looked at that first season alone, yeah, for sure, gets in the elite. Absolutely fantastic season. Brought us some of the best attacking football we've seen. Broke records that I know have all have now been broken by certain clubs. Thank you, Man City. Um, but gave us some of the best football that any manager has given us in these years. And I, I did, I did really love him as a manager, but I do think that second season wasn't good enough. And for that, I do drop him down into success. Cause I think you have to do something special to be an elite. So I don't think he did enough to be an elite, but I'll put him in successful because he was a successful manager for us.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So, so far we've agreed with almost them all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we've we've done quite well. I I feel there is going to be some as as we get towards the end of uh yeah. Romans managers, I think we'll have some disagreements, but we'll, we'll see. Next, moving on to another manager that I think we'll both be able to say very quickly. Mm. Andre Villas-Boas, where oh are you putting God. him off?
1: Okay, so I have put him in the uh, elite. No, up. <laughs> I've put him. In the, I've put him in the waste of space manager. Um. But I don't see him as worse than Scolari and Grant. Now, uh, he, even though he was a worse manager than both of them. Uh, and the reason I say this is because his conspired uh, acts actually led to us winning the Champions League. So, um, so he came in, he, he ostracized all the players. But because of that, you know, we got that second leg at Napoli. So um, because of things that conspired for him, has actually made him not as, uh, as bad. But yeah, definitely this guy was dreadful. I mean, but one the things he did well, he asked for Juan Mata. He asked for Raul Morelis, and they actually played quite a nice role in, not, in, in, in the Champions League. So, you know, it wasn't the complete, and he wanted Modric. Maybe we might have been a slightly better team, but his ideas were good. But, you know, the way he did it was all wrong. Um, and he definitely wasn't a success. He was rightfully sacked. Although he was one of the guys I did back. I stuck with him. I wanted him to get back to in the January window. Uh, he didn't get back to in the January window. Um, but I was kind of with him, whereas there were some managers I did want sacked way before it happened. Uh, which, um, you know, Scalari is one of those. I was delighted when he got sacked. Uh, Grant, I didn't want to keep. I was, I was happy Carlo got sacked. I was for that, too. Um, I was for Lampard going. I was for, for all of these, maybe except for I wasn't for Conte getting sacked. Uh, Jose, either. Either time. But we're talking about here, like, he's definitely a waste of space manager. I mean, he did a terrible yeah. job here. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I, I get I get your point. Sorry. Uh,
1: sorry, I'm going to add ahead. something to the end of that. I went to uh, Chelsea Liverpool home in the Carling Cup and he played Romelu Lukaku on the wing and we lost 2-0 at home.
0: Yeah, well, that, that's another reason why not to sign Romelu Lukaku. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. Definitely not a versatile player like most of our players. Um so <laughs> we'll move on to that. Um yeah, ABB, I think I I get your point to Ram. I, I, I actually loved Ram Malelesh Mil- when he came in. I think obviously one matter again done phenomenal for our club once he got into the uh with De and Mourinho, um until Mourinho got rid of him. Um But yeah, I think he was <sighs> I I I can't I can't forgive him for how he just ostracised the whole Lampard, J T, Drogba, and I think that for me that does for me put him in no matter what his players he signed he that does put him in the worst ever Chelsea manager under Roman Abramovich for me, and he couldn't I, I'd put him in a category of his own if I could, but I'll just have to stick him in waste of a manager and we'll move on to. Roberto Di Matteo, Champions League, he brought that finally that big that big trophy, finally brought it to Stamford Bridge.
1: You know, you You say about on a cold
0: night in Munich.
1: There we go, and and you know you say about like um, separating player from the manager. Um, This is another point because, um, like. You know, he scored, he, the first final I saw us win when I was younger was the FA Cup in 97, and he scored that goal in like 42 seconds, and uh, he also he scored so many key goals for the club. Uh, and when he came as manager, by the way, I'll tell you now, I was completely against it. When they sacked ABB and replaced him with Di Matteo, I was like, that's like replacing like for like, fucking stupid idea. What's that going to do? We're going to have such a failed season. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then <laughs> what happened? and then you know the magic happened um and yeah well i mean how can we say anything other than successful i mean even if he didn't do that much he came in we won the league we won the champions league we won the fa cup and he was part of it he was you know you know he came in he steadied it because that ship was really not steadied look he again again we look at where the people where the position is of the club where they begin and he took over something that was pretty broken and lots of players at the very end of their career, you know, end of their Chelsea careers on the down, and he achieved an absolute miracle. So for me, it can only be successful. It cannot be anything else. It can only be successful. He won stuff. Um, yeah, in the, in the second season, yeah, we went out Champions League, and he was given slightly, you know, a new club to build, and he isn't a building type manager, that's for sure. Um, but even then, I was quite happy with the way we played and you know, all that stuff. I, I wasn't for sacking him, actually, at the beginning. Oh. I, I was okay with it, but I, I didn't know if it was good or not. But for me, successful, definitely successful. I mean, how can it be anything else?
0: Well, I, I'm, I'm going to slightly disagree with you. I think he's he done the one thing Jose Mourinho couldn't, so I'm going to stick him in the league. Oh, okay. He's the, okay. He's the, he's the only manager that's brought us a Champions League. How can you not, for me? I think, yeah, I know I know he didn't do well in his second season, but for me, I think it was one of those things I said after the Champions League final, I, I stuck my neck out and said, we sh- for what he's done, I think there isn't, there's nothing long term. Or I, I just didn't think it was. I think he should have just gone out on his high, won the Champions League for us, like Gus Hiddink did. Won, he, he, he won the FA Cup, did his thing at the club, and we should have gone and got a, a serious manager in that next season. But I, I thought he, he didn't do well. And I think I backed him to the end, like Jose Mourinho in both his stints, but. I did think he, he just, it would have been the best idea just to um, let him go after that Champions League, which is a tough decision because it's hard. How can you say that? But I think in the end, it was probably would have been the right decision. But yeah, you've won the Champions League, so I'm going to put you in elite, um, which I think some people will disagree with, some will agree, but that's all part of this lovely tier list we've got going on. So moving on to. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, go on. No, no, continue, continue. Um, moving on to controversial, a very controversial manager in Rafa Benitez. Obviously, with all the things he did at Liverpool, this, I remember, was one of the most toxic managers, apart from probably Sarri, that we had with Chelsea fans. Yeah. And he did provide success in the end. So i would actually curious to see what you would say, Marv, in terms of where you'd put him in this category. Oh.
1: You'd be quite uh, surprised about this because I know a lot of people, they, they hated him from the beginning. I didn't. Um, so I, I saw that what he said and what he did. I know he was a... Li- the, the problem was he was a Liverpool guy. He wasn't a Chelsea guy. And this is uh, the reason why it wasn't quite as, as people would have, you know... Well, people, people didn't give him a chance in the beginning. They, they sung... So I went to some of these games. People were singing bad songs about him from the first day. And, um, okay, but he... The thing is, he's kind of a half and half. I actually originally wrote him down as an outlier... Because he won the Europa League, which I consider to be a success, um, and I was really happy with the season in the end because we did win that. Um, but then we look at like if we look at it in depth, he, he cost us the Club World Cup, and it's the one thing we've never won. He he went to we, we played against Brazilians, and he didn't pick Oscar and Ramirez. Like you, you've got to play those guys. They know how it all works. He made a lot of mistakes. Um, we lost the semi-final to Swansea. In the Carling Cup. We lost the FA Cup to, to Man City. So, you know, we, we competed. And we got top three, I think, in the league. So, I, I can't say that it was a failure. We won something. So, I'm kind of... And I didn't hate him. I mean, we listened to some things, though, that Terry said, though. He, John Terry was saying, he was say at Liverpool, we did this and stuff. And, you know, he's not a Chelsea guy. So, I can't call that success in the way because he didn't unify anything. He didn't... The fans didn't like him. We didn't but we did win something. So I'm going to say, I'm going to put him in the average, just
0: about really teetering
1: below the success line on the average.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, I think a lot of fans would agree with you. I'm actually going to just stick him into respected. I think obviously Hmm. he did. He came in, obviously, as you said, everyone hated him and he had, it was probably one of the hardest jobs he's probably ever had because from the minute he stepped in, everyone wanted him out. And I think, obviously, there were a small minority of fans that didn't, but a lot of fans did. And I think he did—he came, did his season, What he won the Europa League, or right, I think the, if, if he won the League Cup, it would have been probably a bit nicer. And I think I was at that Swansea game, so I know how painful that was. Um, but he, at the end of the day, he did win us the Europa League and that's why I I, I just have a bit more I just have a bit of respect for him to fair fair play coming into out of his out of a comfort zone and still coming out with a trophy um, at the end of it so I'm just going to stick him in respected because a fair play of just coming in that hostile atmosphere and still getting the trophy out of it but I understand why a lot of people say average because I think it was an average Quite an average season, so i think i' don't, I'm on just the tip of respect just because of that hatred people had for him more than the season itself um but I understand why people would put him in average um, yeah
1: i mean i, I kind of been, i i mean I was okay with him when he was about to go i was I was totally okay with him staying i mean because we he'd won I, I actually do think he's a very good coach i mean if you look at the things he's won as well his his history's really good. And he's not taken easy jobs. He's had a lot of hard jobs, and uh, really kind of made them a success. So I, I never really got the hate with him. I, I mean, I, I was okay with Rafa, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was in my teenage years. so I was always a bit of uh, the typical what you normally see on Twitter with the uh, typical immature Twitter people. Uh, I was a little bit like that at the first, but I I came round um, and he proved himself, which is why I just have that respect for him at the moment. Um, So moving on to a bit more happier times and then followed by a very tough time, Jose Mourinho's second stint at Chelsea. Marv, where would you put this? Oh, oh, complete success.
1: Um, Yeah, okay, he sold those players and that cost. Yeah, okay, but... We won, you know, we won the Carlin Cup, we won the, the Premier League again. Uh, anyone that delivers trophies, for me, is going to be OK. I, with a very small outlier there, but... He... <laughs> I know that is yeah. going to be. Yeah, of course. Um, but, no, for me, it's successful. Second stint of Jose Alta. So, yeah, that second season, it died. Oh, sorry, third season, wasn't it? Third season, yeah, it third. died hard. But, um, you know, I am I, in a very, very small minority. That Even though I didn't want Salah to be gone, that he sold those players, I still would prefer to sell players and exchange that for a trophy. So I'm going to call it successful.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would agree with you there, uh, I think, um, provided us a lot of a success. I still think back in the day we sold Salah, and I think it was the right decision back in the day. Even now, I know he's turned to the player that he has now, but he didn't show it back in the day. And I think De Bruyne was the only one I was kind of like, maybe that was a bit more wrong. Um, But sometimes it just happens. You sell a player and he turns out to be good. And sometimes it goes the other way. So I think it's just one of those things. I think Mourinho was successful. It ended really bad, but sometimes it just happens like that. And... It was just a very unfortunate for Jose in the end. Um, moving on to Goose Hiddink's second stint, obviously, coming in again as a caretaker. Wasn't as successful as the first one, but considering where Mourinho left it, how do you think he did?
1: Goose number two is going in respected um, because... You know, all he could really win was that FA Cup. And we lost the quarter because Lukaku had one of his few good games again in a big match. Um, and, and Costa got unfairly sent off, by the way. Um, so, you know, apart from that, we might have been able to win that, actually, if not. So, you know, what did he do? He had to avoid us getting relocated. But actually, we denied Tottenham winning the league, you know, which was a great point. Um, yeah, for me, that's going in respected. We were, we're in, like, 16th or something at 17th when he took over. And again, I think where we were... He, got, he managed to save the season a little bit, get us a 10th for that season. I never want to remember it again. But I'll, I'll put that one and him in the second stint under Respected.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think he couldn't, you couldn't, he couldn't really do much with what he was given. Obviously, that again, I agree. One time Lukaku turns up in a big game and it was against us. So uh, yeah. it was pretty typical. Um, but yeah, I think Kiddink does a good job. Highly Respected. And yeah, I'll definitely put him in that category. I don't think you can put, you can't put him in average after what he did in the first in either. Um, And he just, again, he steadied the ship a little bit. It wasn't as steady as other managers have done, but we steadied the ship like we needed to. And then we managed to get some success in the next season with our next manager, Antonio Conte. Marv, where are you putting in Conte in this list?
1: Well, again, we come to the point where we talk about where the club is. And so for me, <clears throat> out of all of the managers we ever had, I think he had the toughest of the jobs. Actually, no, no, sorry. Because since then, Frank Lampard has come in, hasn't he? So Lampard's first in, I think he had the toughest job of any Chelsea manager. But um, here it's the second one. Uh, and from it he came in, the team was 10th. They gave him N'Golo Kante, David Luiz and Michy Batshuayi, Marcos Alonso. And with those players, he won the Premier League. He should, we also should have won the double, by the way. We got cheated. Should have won the double in his first season. Got the Premier League. Transformed the club. We, at one point, we were temp. So his, tat, his tactical knowledge, in my opinion, is the best we've ever had of any manager. His tactical moves were fantastic. His ideas were great. The team played with a lot of energy. And he probably had the weakest, the weakest of the, of the squads. Yes, we could argue that he didn't play uh, midweek games, But the fact he won the league, we won the league. We won on that 14 or whatever game run of no losses uh, and got all the way to final should have won it. Um, Then in the second season, yeah, second season, and this is why uh, Conte is going to go ultimately for me in the elite. I think he is absolutely the best, and he should never have been sacked. Second season, yeah, it was tough, but who would it not be tough for? They took Matic from us, took Matic. His de- his defensive midfielder gave him a guy he might have wanted, Bakioko, but Bakioko was new, new, and he was injured. So not only has he got to adapt and be injured, he was given Danny Drinkwater, Timui Bakioko. Yes, he was at Fort for Diego Costa leaving, but he wanted Lukaku. He was given Alvaro Morata. You think of those three players? Where are those three players now? Alvaro Morata is back at Juventus, and they're having their worst season for the last ten years. Danny Drinkwater hasn't even got a club.
0: Is it in Baki,
1: isn't he? Maybe, I have no idea. I think he's at I a know. Turkish club somewhere, on loan. And to, probably, and Tamuri Bakioko is on loan at Napoli. So, what exactly were people expecting him to do with these players? What were they expecting? You've got to retain the league with a 50% inferior squad, to an already squad that was overperforming. It, and somehow he managed to deliver the FA Cup. With, with these players. Uh, you know, they gave him Giroud. And, and when we had Giroud, he was brilliant. And that was a low cost. You know, they didn't give him anything he asked for at all. And he still delivered. He won two trophies, two seasons, almost immaculate. Yeah, OK, we had a bad league performance. But again, what is it his fault in the semi-final and Arsenal game? Alvaro Morata goes, goes clean through on goal and puts it wide and we lose the semi-final the Carling Cup. Is it his fault we draw to Huddersfield when Alvaro Morata again goes one-on-one and and puts the ball wide? Is it his fault Alvaro Morata is a terrible footballer when he asked for a completely different type of player? Is it his fault Danny Drinkwater is not a professional when he probably asked for a completely different type of player? You know, he made Marcos Alonso look like a world-class footballer. And I like Marcos Alonso. I I do like him. He made Victor Moses a Premier League... This was a nine million signing from Wigan Athletic that was destined for loan deals and then to eventually be sold. He made Victor Moses a Premier League winner. He brought back David Luiz, who a lot of people said wasn't a good defender, and he got in team of the year. Michy Batshuayi, who has not made it under any of the other managers, scored the winning goal to win the league. He made Pedro look like a. I'm not a fan of Pedro. He made Pedro look like a good player. Eden Hazard had one of his best seasons ever. Like for me, this manager is is ultimately elite, and I will fight anyone that gives me something different. Uh, and on the aforementioned reasons that I've mentioned, absolutely elite.
0: Oh, this is this is this is tough because I, I, I before I before you said anything, I had a bit success. Okay, but now from what you've said, I'm now cons- I'm considering elite. It's just I don't know. I, maybe it's the way he just left the, the club, which again wasn't his fault. It was completely on the board. Um, but he could have stayed. Yeah. Oh, I... Do you know what? I'm gonna put him in elite. Uh, you, you've, you've, you've 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 put up such a good debate. And the one thing I, again, before we move on, Victor Moses, as good as he was, I do not. I I still have a grudge about him diving in that FA Cup final. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, that that was the one thing that again with Conte absolutely ruined. Ah, uh, yeah. If, if see, the, again, there's been so many things that have gone against Conte, which has not been on Conte at all. So yeah, I am putting him exactly. in the lead. I'm putting him in elite. I think he's an elite manager. He's one of the best managers around. Yeah. Proven it into Milan now. And yeah, yeah I think we, we I, I was so upset when he went and it kind of fed into how I felt about the next manager, Maurizio Sari. Marv, okay. I know I know I know you've 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 been known on Twitter to have a lot of <laughs> interesting arguments with some Sarri easters. So go on, Marv. You've got the floor. Tell me where you put Richie, sorry
1: So, OK, so let's go again with where the club is. OK, so he took over a team that, yeah, it probably wasn't really totally suited to his way that he wanted to play. So I kind of accept that. He wasn't as bad as we make out. Like, I mean, a lot of us we would put him in waste of space because he just didn't connect with the club. Um, see, the issues I had with him was he just wasn't inspiring. It, it, Even when I started to side with him before the final he said his job should not depend on winning it. I mean, come on, man. I mean, how can you be that disconnected? This was Chelsea, it's not Napoli. Um, The the problems I had with him, he had one way of playing and that way really didn't work that much. And it was under a guise of people saying it was uh, attacking football. It was not. It was slow. It was boring. It was side-to-side passing, put it out wide, cross it, give it away, return the ball, pass, pass, pass. The, the, it was boring to watch and it was hard to accept, but let's go back to kind of... So I judged him off of the success of the previous manager, and this is why he could never win with me. Because Conte won two out of two, and I want trophies. I expect my manager to deliver trophies for the club. Because he was backed more than Conte, and this is why, I, in my way of looking at this was... He was backed. He was given players to supplement his football. Now I can hear the Saristas in my mind saying, "You worship back if you not ask these players. Yes, they did. So, yeah, the club's going to sign Kepa Ariza Balaga because he can play well with his feet for no reason at all. The club was going to loan Mateo Kovacic because he's good at receiving the ball and uh, good at beating the press because of no reason at all. They gave him Jorginho. Okay, fair enough. We, we were winning games at the beginning. In the January window... They gave him Gonzalo Higuain, who he himself quoted is an automatic jackpot. He scored three or four goals. Two of them were against Huddersfield. He was fucking shit. He he said at the beginning that it would take six months for his football to work. Ten months later, we were getting smashed by Manchester City, 6-0. So what he said he didn't deliver... But let's kind of look at that on the secondary point of this, where is if we look at how the team performed. We won the Europa League, so for that reason, his tenure is not a failure. Okay, so for that reason, you know, he did well. Um, but let's look at it. We beat Dynamo, Kiev, Frankfurt and Arsenal. We beat teams that we should beat. We won against teams that we are expected to beat. We were the best ranked team in that competition, so it was an expectancy. Where he did, where he failed essentially, the the where I wanted him out was after the Man United game in the FA Cup. Um, weak performance. We were two nil down. And he brought on Davide zappa Costa. Uh, I mean, come on. I mean, so after that, you know, but then we we got to the Carling Cup, uh, Carrowl Cup final, and you know, we really deserved to win that, in my opinion. Had he won that, it would have been. Think about it. That plus the Europa. So I think factors outside of the actual game itself were the reason why I didn't like him as much. If we're kind of looking at the overall tenure, it has to be considered as a success because we delivered a trophy. And at the end of the season, the the squad was not less valuable as a result. So, I'm going to put him, like I did with Rafa, put him really in
0: the, on the cusp of average and success. I, I... I am so surprised because I, I've managed to. I, I, I'm surprised I'm putting him in a lower category than you are. Okay. I am. I'm putting him in. I'm gonna, he's going to be my only person average. Um, I've got another one in there. Yeah, I mean, I think. I just think the problem with Sari is he did come yeah. in. I, that, that rev. That what he said about the trophy thing, that really put me off him. Because he it's just he is i i think he is an average manager I think there's something you said on Twitter earlier that um sorry, if anything the Chelsea job promoted sorry even more um yeah it did it made my career yeah it made Yeah, exactly he made it it made his career i think as you said he got backed, and if anyone tells me otherwise, they're absolute idiots um. Again, obviously the captain One Cup, That's all Kepper's fault. If I were honest, if he didn't do that stupid substitution thing, the
1: referees fault. we. we played a, Ruben played a perfect pass to Hazard. It was onside in the last minute.
0: Yeah, but I think it, if, even if that, if Kepper came off like he would have, I think we would have won that penalty. We probably would have won that penalty shootout because that just took the whole everyone, everyone on the pitch, whether it was sorry. Um, the players, Kepper himself, everyone was just in a, a completely different mindset. And when you're out of that mindset, you've lost. You've lost. It's all, football is very psychological. When that's that was a very big factor why we lost that penalty shootout. Um, but even moving into it, I think people talk about the Europa League. I think the only the only reason we got we did so well in the Europa League, considering how poor we were in some of them games was because we had Ruben Loftus-Cheek finally in the team, which Sari himself, at first, refused to play Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and it was only because fans were going absolutely mental, and I think eventually the board were kind of caving into it, that Ruben started playing, and when he did play, he played some of the most phenomenal football. People say, oh, thanks Sari for that. No, I'm not going to thank Sari for that. I'm going to thank Ruben for playing really well. So... Yeah, I'm going to put him in average. I think he was an average manager. He showed it at Juventus that he's not good enough at a top level. Yeah. It's, it's not. It's not, a, I don't, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying this in a hateful way. I don't hate the manager. I just don't think he's good enough for Chelsea Football Club, and I think that's why I put him in average. But because he won stuff, that's why I keep him in average.
1: Yeah, I think that's really true because um, you know he went to Juve and he won what he was expected to win. He couldn't lose. Uh, actually, left at the right time because they they were starting to lose their grip. In fact, they had a worse season than they'd ever had. They lost all the cups. They lost cup final to Lazio. Went out to Lyon. I mean, I, I don't hate him, but it's very clear. Anyone with sense that he's not a top
0: class manager, somewhere in the middle. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it was uh, it, 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 again, as I said, toxicity. It brought so much toxicity to the fan base. With certain the, it, it, it I I think it was when Conte left and Sari came in, that was the start of all these agendas that started on Twitter, where it was you have one side that hates the other side and this side hates the other side, and it 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 it's probably gonna ruin the club for a long while, and hopefully Tuchel can kind of fix it, but you've still got it now where it's gone the other way where you've got the lamp lamp tards as we call them, and. Two, obviously everyone that's on board of Tuchel at the moment but it, it's just one of the things that has really frustrated the club and I think we need to try and change it as a fan base
1: I think we're on the right track at the moment because I think that Tuchel's a nice blend between Conte and sorry and I think that was kind of the issue, I think the older fans, the Lampard type guys when we start winning I think they'll probably come around, uh, those fans kind of less kind of player versus kind of Team kind of uh, way of, of thinking, but yeah, this is a good point. I think. I think if, if the club wins, I think everyone will unify. But I think when we're slowly going down, the toxicity just gets worse.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I think, uh, as you said, you made a good point. I mean, with the Lampard people that are still on it at the moment, I think I kind of understand a little bit where they're coming from. I see why they're back in Lampard so much because of the player who he is, etc. But yeah, I'm hoping that they do come round by next season because it's some of the things you still see on Twitter now is just disgraceful, and I don't understand it. Moving on to the legend player we had, one of the best players we've ever had at this club, Frank Lampard, came in as manager with a transfer ban thanks to uh, our board, Marina, Michael Emanalo, back in the day doing dodgy dealings. Um where would you put Flampard in this list?
1: Very tough decision because um, I think he had the hardest of all the jobs in season one. Because not he had it even harder than Conte with not getting his players because he wasn't given even anyone, essentially. He had to integrate a team and he integrated a team giving so many playing chances to youth players, which was impressive considering we still managed to come for um, really, sad. it's just really a shame that we lost that cup final because that's where the difference is. Because season two, this one, was a complete catastrophe. We were playing some of the worst football ever, the pride had gone out the window, we'd lost all the big games or drawn them, and it was just getting going from bad to worse. And then some favouritism come in, he was pretty much, he, he uh, alienated really good players and unfortunately alienated the fan base with thinking certain good players weren't good players anymore, and it then you add to people like Matt Law and all that coming out with their articles, which then created some unfortunate racism incidents towards people like Rudiger and other players in team like Alonso. So for that reason, season two was a complete catastrophe. And um, so it cannot be considered a a success. And I do see people saying that, but it wasn't. I mean, if anything, it was acceptable the first season because we managed to get in the Champions League, we were able to spend some more money and he, the first season was promising. I thought we, we played some really good football. We had some, you know, we just needed to win that final. And because we didn't, that killed it. And it was never the same again. I mean, we played s- some good games earlier on, but the Southampton three-three was an alarm. Going 3-0 down to West Brom was a cap- a completely unacceptable. Um, the performances then, I mean, the performances against Everton were, were, were some of the worst I've ever seen. And a lot of that is down to the tactical way of playing game against Wolves was poor, the Arsenal game was the worst of the season, and that's when it should have ended, in my opinion. Um, I love Frank as a player, one of my favourites, and there are people that say you can't separate the player between the manager, but you have to, because, you know, he's a great player, but he's not yet a good manager, and unfortunately, this is a big, you know, for some people, he's a big club, and big club will not tolerate such dreadful results. We were 10th when, he, when, when it ended. So, it can't be a success because we didn't win anything. So we cannot consider it a success. I think there is an argument for respected, but unfortunately I'm going to have to put him in the average.
0: Yeah. Again, this is one where I, I I understand where you're coming from. I think the problem is I, I'm still on that. I, 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 I I am one of them people. I I still struggle to separate player and manager. And I'll, I openly say it. I, uh, I'm. I'm not. I, I don't think it's something that's going to change. Um, it's just the way I am. I'll Admit it. I'm not. I'm, I'm quite open about it. <laughs> oh God. Um. Yeah. I, I, I know. I know. I'm going to have the Saris. If I'm, if they're already not triggered by what I said before, they're going to be triggered <laughs> now. I'm going to put him in respected just because of the man that he is. I think that first season. Again, the transfer ban—it was a big deal, and yeah. the fact that he got us into top four—that's the reason that he gets respected and not average. Um, otherwise, I, I still think it, it's, it's one of them things. As I've said before, I don't think we should have ever signed him in the first place. He wasn't ready, and it proved it in the long run. And I think he needs to just go out, find a team that he can—he can. He can he can just be under a bit less pressure, learn the trade, develop his style of play, develop his tactics, and then maybe if he does become this really good manager in the future, maybe 10, 15, 20 years, then he can maybe come back to the club and actually prove what we've all been saying the last 18 months. But I think for me, again, obviously we understand why he came in, because of the transfer, and no other manager would have realistically come into that or any manager you'd respect um so you've got to respect him for that and i think you've got to put the, that on the board for putting us in that situation in the first place Definitely. um but yeah i think i have put him respected and i know people disagree and i know people will probably put him higher because some people don't have standards but 'll we'll have yeah. to we'll just have to accept that because it, it, this is a good it's a good it's a good little series we've done here it's got we've had a nice we've had a nice little debate first time me and you have probably disagreed on stuff but we've disagreed with've we, 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 we've we've <laughs> got good points we've we, we're not we're not we're not shouting that Marv's put someone in elite and someone's put someone in average and waste of manager but I'm sure everyone else listeners obviously you guys can Write your own, uh, who you think will be in each category. You can, If you're listening on Twitter, you can uh, put it in the comments. Tell us who you put and why. And, yeah, um, it's been – we'll finish it here, Marv. It's been a really good episode, Amazing. a really different episode. And hopefully we'll be continuing to do some good content through the rest of the season. Obviously, and Chelsea will come back and we'll go back to more regular content reviews previews hopefully i'm f- it, just to the listeners i'm hoping to get a special guest possibly next week i not got it confirmed yet so don't moan at me if it's just me marvin ali possibly or if it's just me ali and someone else um but definitely in two weeks time i have got a guest confirmed already i'll let you guys know uh close to the time but we are trying to get some just some guests just from mixture from twitter from youtube just to add something different you don't you don't. i, I know you love me and marv's voice every out, every of week course. but we will <laughs> just add a few fresh voices in just to like as you said last week's episode of travis that was absolutely phenomenal i loved it and we'll definitely have travis on again we've had patrick quinlan rj on definitely all all, but all three of them can come on again we'll try and mix up a little bit but yeah we'll just try and get the best content for you guys um finally before we go like say thank you mar for coming on anytime delighted to come on matt thank you for having me
1: as always
0: yeah and just to say before we go up the shelves